Eye on 2020, episode 83. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray E and your voice of reason for the 2020 election taking a look at all the news on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, all of the issues that the candidates have, all the policies that they support every single day, Monday through Friday, I'm bringing you a new episode to make sure that you are well aware of what's going on, that you can make the right decisions, make the right, you know, make the right memes for your friends on Facebook and Instagram, making the right you know, choices going forward whenever you're thinking about who you're going to vote for, if you decide to vote. A lot of libertarians don't vote, and I know that out there. Uh, A lot of you guys don't vote. I typically don't vote either, so uh, there's no surprise there as well. I just want to make sure that, you know, I thought it would be fun to put together a show every single week or every single day that would, uh, you know, follow this election. The reason why is because if 2020 is anything like 2016, we are in for a treat. Donald Trump at least is going to make it exciting to watch in the sense that uh, he is going to take these people to task that are running against him, just like he did with the Republicans back in 2015, 2016 when he was running. Uh, he, you know, figured out ways to just get into these people's skin, you know, calling uh, calling Jeb Bush low energy, calling Marco Rubio, you know, Mr what do they call him, Mr. Small Hands or something like that, or, you know, the baby Marco Rubio couldn't grow, couldn't grow hair on his chin, things like that. I mean, at least, uh, you know, he goes low blow, and I think it's fun to watch, you know, it, it really is. For a spectator that sits on the outside that doesn't have loyalty to any party or any person, uh, I definitely think it's at least entertaining to watch, and that's why I decided to uh, put together a show for you Monday through Friday as well. And also, you know, it's important to know what's going on so you can make good good decisions, uh, have good conversations with your friends. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas come around and you're hanging out with your family and everyone wants to know what's going on and you are the most informed. And you can take a libertarian perspective on these things and maybe challenge people's points of view, challenge people's perspective, challenge what their status quo is and possibly change some minds maybe get people to start distrusting the government like they should because it seems nowadays the younger people growing up and stuff they just think that the government is going to take care of them that it's going to protect them that it's going to be you know the be all end all in their lives and it's just not the case you got to distrust the government you got to realize that uh, you know a government that is all powerful that has no limits on it is one that will bring terror ultimately and uh, you see that right now with the foreign policy that we have, right? They are—they just feel like they rule the world because there's no one stopping them. Uh, they feel like they can just, you know, the, the leaders, the, the military, they feel like they can do whatever they want to because there's no limit on the power that they have. The, 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 um, the president's not going to limit the power that they have. There's no way that's going to happen. You see it with 
George Bush set them loose, even more so than they already were in the 1990s and 1980s. Uh, the only limiting thing that the military had in the 80s and 70s and 60s was the fact that they had to do a military buildup against the Soviet Union. But you see them, they just go into Korea, they go into Vietnam, they start, the CIA starts overthrowing governments. And then you have the 1990s, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they were saying, oh, it's, we're the only superpower, America's the only superpower left. Uh, we can spread our liberty across the world, all that stuff that they talk about. And uh, they go into Bosnia and Serbia and these places like that. And they just, you know, they, they rain down terror in some ways sometimes. And uh, now with George Bush after 9-11, uh, they went after Saddam Hussein. They went after uh, Osama bin Laden. They inv invaded Afghanistan and they invaded Iraq. And it's just been on and on and on. There is no uh, control over the foreign policy. And if you let that happen in the United States internally in domestic policy, when you're going to just let them have unlimited power, no restraints on their authority, that's when we're going to fall into some problems and you're going to see that same kind of terror in the United States as well. Uh, so we need to limit that. We need to take control and limit that and realize that an all-powerful government needs to have checks and balances, and it seems like they're, that's slowly going away. Um, so that, I mean, that, those are, that's something that I wanted to talk to you guys about for a while, and I just thought that it, I mean, it's important to realize that, you know, this government needs checks and balances. There are people out there that don't vote. There's people out there that don't get into politics whatsoever, and... I th I honestly think that it's to your own detriment not to at least be aware of what's going on because you know if you just hide if you just hide in the corner and pretend that it's not happening then if everybody did that then that slow creep of government becomes a fast creep of government to the point where it becomes tyranny at that point and we don't want that so I think as libertarians we may we may not need to specifically vote in order to gain power, we not may not need to do that. And there are some that will, and that's a good thing as well, in my opinion. But we do need to at least be educating people about liberty and the benefits of liberty and the destruction of tyranny. We need to educate people, because if you could educate 10, 20, 30 people, and there's 100,000 of us, then you have, you know, millions upon millions of people that are slowly getting turned towards seeing the values of liberty in the tyranny of a unlimited government, right? Um, and I think that's important. I really do. So if you're not going to vote, if you're not going to be someone that's going to run for office, at least educate people in a way that is, you know, brings people to you, not pushes them away. The crazy, you know, the... <sighs> The person that's the neckbeard libertarian sitting in his mom's cellar, that's what you always hear about, and I just don't agree that all libertarians are like that, but I've heard people say that before, that, you know, the libertarian movement is just full of a bunch of people that just want to criticize and smoke pot and do whatever. That person may not be changing a lot of lives, but, and changing a lot of minds, but what we need to do as educated people that follow the, you know, follow the libertarian ideal of non-intervention, of, you know, limited government, things like that. Those are the things. We need to be the ones that are out there educating people on that. And it's very important. It really is. These, um, 
these politicians need to be held accountable. They need to hear from us. They need to realize that, you know, politicians want to get reelected, right? So if the if, if everybody in America, if there's 40, 50 percent of people that are in America that at least espouse libertarian ideas on the very base level, right? limited government if that's something that they espouse then these politicians kind of have to follow it and then if we hold them accountable and they get into office then they're gonna be looking to get reelected again like a justin amash like a thomas massey like those guys they really do follow a liber- they follow libertarian principles as republicans and they vote outside of the republican party quite a bit if it doesn't follow their libertarian stance on things and that's definitely a good thing and holding those guys accountable is very much a good thing but then you have people that go up to go up there and they run on a libertarian type platform as a republican or a democrat they either get corrupted when they get up there or they're lying to the constituency in the first place and that happens a lot and if that happens then you need to vote that person out or educate the population to vote that person out and to me it's important at least know what's going on so you can educate people about that and that's why i'm putting on this show monday through friday to make sure that's one of the reasons is to make sure that um that message gets out there about these politicians especially the presidency because ultimately the president kind of directs the way that the country is going a lot of times and if you can you know hold these leaders accountable which is very hard to do at the federal level but if you can hold them slightly accountable at least we'll have some sort of win every single day now it's Monday. The big news, huge news, huge of the uh, week last week was that Joe Biden decided to throw his hat in for the presidency. And we always knew that was going to happen. There's no reason why you would not assume that he was going to get in. Uh, he had this little controversy with women. Uh, what was it like? He was sniffing their hair and all that crap. Good old Joe, you know, sniffing women's hair. Well, he had that controversy. It seems like it went away. And on Thursday last week, he said, you know what? I'm running for president. And he made a video and said he's getting in. So what I did is I hopped onto his webpage, JoeBiden.com, and I'm going to just go through it with you. I just got on it, literally. So it's not like I've read it. I haven't read it already. I'm just going to think out loud like I do a lot while I'm going through these people's websites. And this is what it says when you pop up JoeBiden.com. It says, I'm Joe Biden, and I work for you. It's time for respected leadership on the world stage and dignified leadership at home. It's time for equal opportunity, equal rights, and equal justice. It's time for an economy that rewards those who actually do the work. It's time for a president who will stand up for all of us. So he is going to be the guy, and this is how he's framing himself as, a dignified, respected leader, right? Who's going to stand up for all the people. Not like Donald Trump, who's going to stand up for a few. Or the white people, or whatever. He's just trying to allude to that stuff right there. And uh, I also heard over the weekend that John McCain's family is supporting him. So uh, you're going to, I think that you will get a lot of those neoconservative people that just want the status quo back, right? I think you're going to get a lot of those people that are going to turn towards Joe Biden. I don't know if he's going to be able to get that 
left-wing base excited about him, but I think he's realizing this. The, you know, five or six million, let's say, extreme left-wing people versus the 10 or 12 million people that are like, you know, just look at the middle of the ground people, the middle of the road people, I think he's just looking to get those people. So he'll give up a few to get more. Uh, let those people go vote Green Party or something, I'm sure is what he's thinking. So he's going to toe the middle and go just far enough left in order to allow people, in order to win that, you know, the nomination pretty much. Now he is clearly winning in most of the polls. He is headed ahead with um, Bernie Sanders, though, pretty much in some polls, but a lot of the polls show that he's winning. So we'll see what he does. So if you click to the next page, it goes through Joe's story, Joe's vision, and then it goes through some events, and it lets you join the team, and also the standard of uh, support Joe. Our best days still lie ahead is what, it's, is what it says. It has a picture of Joe Biden, and it says, our best days are still ahead. Then it says, support Joe Biden. So if you scroll down, it says, Our country is being put to the test, but I've never been more optimistic about America. This is a story about a kid from North Washington Avenue in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Early on, he listens to his mom when he says, Bravery resides in every, resides in every heart. And to his dad when he says, we, got, we, got, or we get knocked down and then we get right back up. He'll learn from his family's experiences that a job is about a lot more than a paycheck and that the cardinal's sin is the abuse of power. He'll feel an obligation to fight that abuse whenever he sees it. He'll follow his heart to serve his community, his state, and his country. Okay, so they're just trying to make him look like the all-American guy, obviously. Um, You know, he's an older gentleman. I think he's 77 years old, let's say. So, but that's Joe Biden. That's what it says on his thing. Then it says, Joe's vision for America. And he says, we are in a battle for the soul of America. It's time to remember who we are. We're Americans, tough, resilient, but always full of hope. We treat each other with dignity. Let's rebuild the middle class. And this time we'll make sure everyone comes along. Black, white, Latino, Asian, everyone. Let's fight back against the incredible abuses of power we're seeing. Let's dig deep and remember that our best days still lie ahead. Okay, and then it says, this is what Joe believes. And obviously that's going to get into his vision for America. So I'm just, like I said, I'm ad-libbing here right now. Um, I'm just kind of going through his thing. So let's see. He says, an idea that goes back to our founding principle that all men are created equal That's an idea that's stronger than any army, bigger than any ocean, and more powerful than any dictator. It gives hope to the most desperate people on earth. It instills in every single person in this country the belief that no matter where they start in life, there's nothing they can't achieve if they work at it. Some, when a Democrat says that, when people say that stuff, I just feel like they're just blowing smoke, man. Because in my opinion, there's nothing, it says there's nothing they can't achieve if they work at it, but it seems like in the Democrat and the Republicans, to be honest with you, both of them, you know, they they don't really believe that you can achieve anything if you work at it because they're always saying you need the government to give you a hand up, you know, you need that safety net, things like that. So somehow they just feel like, you know, there is no way to be successful. They tell that to black kids all the time that, you know, that the man's out to get you and that 
you can't rise up because of racism and stuff like that when plenty of kids rise up. But that's the people, that's the minority of people that say that stuff and speak it loudly so it makes you think that everyone feels the same way. And I just don't believe that that, I mean, I I believe that, I think that people, most people just want to be successful and want to get ahead and want the government to leave them alone while they do it. You know, and that's it. All right, so he says, um, we've got to rebuild the backbone of the country, the middle class. He says, this country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers and CEOs and hedge fund managers. It was built by the American middle class. Now, the middle class is what you're talking about when you say that. That's the blue-collar worker, the, the, the factory worker and things like that, the people that are out there building the roads and so forth. But it is the bankers, essentially, that are funding that stuff. So it is the capitalist, I guess you would say, that's funding that stuff. But um, they would never say that, of course. But and not, not, the, not that that's a good thing, because usually when it's a capitalist that's doing it, it's because they're getting money from the Federal Reserve, which is state-sponsored, and all that junk, you know, so there is obviously a lot of cronyism that's going on with that, um, whereas the middle class people, they don't have the same political connections that the wealthy do to get that stuff, you know, um, but that's the system that we live under, I think that a lot of times the capitalist is only doing what they're doing because they're obviously trying to serve their self-interest, right? But they're going to use the government to make that happen a lot of times as well because the government is there to allow that to happen, right? If there was no if the government was so limited that there was very little influence that it would have to get you your crony capitalist way, then the capitalists wouldn't have the ability to do that and they'd have to compete on the same level playing field is every other person, but as soon as they get their senator to vote something for them, then that's where the crony capitalism lies. For example, uh, one of the senators, I can't remember who it was, uh, he was a senator from Nevada, and he knew that they were going to be voting on an interstate highway going through a certain part of Nevada, so he went out, you know, five, ten years earlier, and he bought up a bunch of land in that area, and then he was able to give the road access to a certain contractor and all that where he was able to get paid a ton of money and that contractor had to purchase the land from him and all this stuff i mean it was just uh or the the government had to purchase the land from him but he was able to sell that land the contractors like he knew it was going on crony capitalism at its best man and uh so, I mean, the, the politically connected are going to get that money first. and he's, But what Joe Biden says is the middle class built America, which is sort of true. But also, you know, there's a lot of things that go along with that as well. There's capitalism that helps to bring the money together to make things happen also. But Democrats would never talk about that. Republicans give it lip service. And uh, libertarians realize that a lot of that stuff is ca- cronyism that happens as well. Okay, so he says he wants to restore the basic bargain for American workers He says, the American middle class built this country, yet today CEOs in Wall Street are putting profits over workers. Plain and simple, it's wrong. There used to be a basic bargain in this country that if you work hard, you were able to share in the prosperity your work helped create. It's time to restore the dignity of work and give workers back the power to earn what they're worth. I wonder what... (laughs) So there's no solution. He's just saying these... These... these, um, 
inspiring words, I guess you would say, but he's not really saying any solutions. Like, what's his solution? And I know what his solution is. He's just gonna he's gonna say, yeah, we need to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour because that's what people are saying nowadays. Why not fifty? Why not a hundred dollars an hour? Why not twenty dollars an hour? Whatever, right? Fifteen dollars an hour is like that golden number because that's been publicly tested as a as something that people are kind of behind nowadays and it's the government telling the businesses what they have to do um which is just you know to me that's wrong uh it's not the government's place to tell an employer that you have to pay a certain amount of money to somebody it should be between me and my employer um tom ridd said something really interesting on his show the other day and he was saying like it takes it does not take a lot of imagination to see that force, the government force, is a way to get things done, right? The government tells you what to do and you do it. It takes a lot more imagination to get somebody to do something through a non-forceful way, right? So it takes so much more imagination to figure that out, and nobody has that type of imagination in, in government. They just say, just make a law, pass a law. That's all they say. Pass the law. Make it $15 an hour. Not, hey, let's make this economy booming so much that employers are just, you know, bidding up the average wage because there's just so much economic prosperity going on. Because if there was so much economic prosperity going on, then wages would bid up. Because I'd be sitting there at my job and somebody else down the road would say, man, Ray, you are doing a great job. I want you to come work for me. And I'm like, dude, I'm making like 30 bucks an hour. What are you talking about? And they're like, all right, well, we'll pay you $35 an hour. No, I'm not. I, I'm happy where I'm at. Okay, 40 Okay, good. I'll take it. You know, there is a number that'll make me move and so forth. Same thing with the um, person at McDonald's. You know, the person at McDonald's makes seven twenty-five an hour minimum wage, and they're doing a great job. They go down to Burger King, and Burger King is like, man, you do a good job over there. I want to make you a shift supervisor. I'm going to pay you $12 an hour. And then you're like, heck yeah, man, let me do that. I'll get some responsibility, so forth. I'm going to move on up with Burger King. But then Taco Bell is like, man, I really like what you're doing, Ray. I'm going to pay you $20 an hour. I'm going to make you a general manager of one of our stores because you're doing such a great job. And I know you know what you're doing. Just go through training for a little bit with Taco Bell, spent about six months here, and I'm going to get you a general manager gig down the road, and you're like, heck yeah, I'm down with that too, I want to do that, so boom, that's what, if you have so much economic prosperity, that is an outside of the box way of thinking on how to get things done without using force, but all these politicians, that's all they know is force, government force, Okay, so he says, we're going to guarantee every American the skill and education they need to get ahead. Education is the heart of the American dream and essential for the United States to compete globally in the decades to come. Every American should have the opportunity throughout their lives to obtain the skills and education to realize their full potential, starting long before they enter kindergarten and all the way through a certificate program, on-the-job training, community college, or a four-year degree, and everyone should have the opportunity to update their skills as rapidly as the economy changes. So he's talking about education for people that are displaced because their, you know, their industry is going away. They're also talking about community college, four-year degrees, and job, you know, certificate programs, and so forth. He does not promise anything free. He does not promise anything there. He's just giving these platitudes. I'd love to see what his solutions are to these problems, though. He doesn't talk about that. 
So these are just platitudes. That's all it is. Make sure the peace of mind of health insurance is a right, not a privilege. That's the reason Barack Obama and Joe Biden fought so hard for the Affordable Care Act. We should defend and build upon the Affordable Care Act to ensure every American has access to quality, affordable health care. And we should dedicate the full force of the nation's expertise and resources to tackle their greatest public health challenge, including cancer, opioid addiction, and mental health. So he does not want to get Medicare for all. Obviously, he wants to expand and build upon the Affordable Care Act. Uh, So he's taking the middle ground on that as well tackling climate change and pollution to protect our communities he wants to reform our criminal justice system i can get on board with him with that he says we need to reform the criminal justice system to prioritize prevention eliminate racial disparities at every stage get rid of sentencing practices and that don't fit the crime and so forth okay so yeah that's good um i could go along with that stuff as well now he i think he only has the ability to do that on the federal level uh, it has to be pushed at the state level, and that's for you guys to do, is to push that criminal justice reform at the state level as well. But at least getting rid of, like, national min- minimum mandatories and stuff like that would be a good thing. But I know, like, Florida has, when I lived in Florida, um, I know there's, like, I don't know for South Carolina's laws, but I know for Florida's laws, because I grew up there, uh, like, the uh, weapons charge or something like that, I think it's, like, you know, you get 10, 20 life. So 10 years for your first weapons offense 20 years for your second one and life for your third one uh so and those are mandatory sentences as well so 10 years and i think you have to do like nine and a half years of that before you even get out of prison so getting rid of that type of stuff right there because somebody has a gun offense they get caught with a gun no matter what offense it is it's 10 years that's crazy you're packing heat and you walk into a grocery store and you get arrested and you're, you know, for stealing something and now it's armed robbery or something like that. And then the judge says, well, I'm sorry, I have no choice, you know. Uh, so to me, that's just, that's that's definitely, a dis, you know, something that's wrong with the criminal justice system. But that needs to start on the state level. Federal level, I could get behind him on that. Uh, rewarding work, not just wealth, is what he says next. Economic inequality is pulling our country apart. We need stronger labor laws and tax codes that reward a middle class that's been cut out of decades of economic growth. Not just the wealthy who gave her have gotten too many tax breaks for too long. I don't think it's the wealthy that got too many tax breaks. There's way too much cronyism going on in this country. And there's, you know, the printing of this money by the Federal Reserve it does not go to you and me first. It goes to the bankers first. It goes to the cronies first. It goes to the politically well-connected first. It goes to the major corporations first. They get it first, and it hardly trickles down to you and me, you know? And that's where the disparity is at, because the bankers, they're able to get that money, and it looks like they're very profitable at that point, and then they're able to pay their CEOs even more. They're able to pay out larger sums of money um it looks like their stocks are inflated because of all this money that's sitting there and then the investment bankers and so forth they get out there and they start buying the stocks and bonds with all this stuff they start bidding up the price of the stocks of these companies so it makes the company look like it's worth more money and uh then the then the bonuses come out and all that stuff i mean it's just yeah there is a disparity in that but it's more caused by the federal reserve i believe i went over this in one of my episodes in the early days like in episode 30s in the 30s or 20s or so uh about why the wealth gap is there but there is a wealth gap and that's absolutely true but it's there's a cause for it 
And it's not just because these guys are getting tax breaks or anything like that. It has nothing to do with the tax breaks. It has everything to do with the Federal Reserve system that we live under and the money, the way that it goes to, the way that it leaves the Federal Reserve and it gets into the hands of the politically well-connected first. All right. Ensuring our workers and communities benefit from international trade. So he's going to try to fix the trade laws that are out there, I imagine is what he's trying to do. But he doesn't give specifics, like I said. Then he says, pursue a humane immigration policy that upholds our values and strengthens our economy and secures our border. And that's it. That's it. So these are all highlights of what the liberal the liberals like to hear. He doesn't give specifics, like what a Bernie Sanders might be a little bit more specific on these things. Bernie Sanders, what he always does is he gives he he gives a very detailed list of the problems, the symptoms of the problems, and so forth. He really gets into that stuff, and then he always follows it up with a um, "We need to fix this through the federal government taking the stuff over," and blah 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 blah. Um, Joe Biden kind of. He hits on all of these hot buttons that the liberals like to hear, but he does not give solutions to the problems at all. Um, just the trust is that he is a principled guy that's going to make it happen, I guess is what he's saying. Okay, so he also talks about the... I was about to think that he wasn't going to talk anything at all about foreign policy. But he says, The world is facing inescapable challenges, a rapidly changing climate, the risk of nuclear conflict, trade wars a rising China and an aggressive Russia, millions of refugees seeking shelter and security and attacks on universal human rights and fundamental freedoms. The next president must repair our relationships with our allies, allies and stand up to the strongmen and thugs on the global stage to rally the world to meet these challenges. We can reclaim our long-standing position as the moral and economic leader of the world. When have we been the moral and economic leader? I guess we have been the economic leader, but the moral leader... Like Vietnam War, Korean War, um, intervening with the CIA in multiple countries. I don't know that that would be the moral economic or the moral leader of the world. Um, but I guess we like to think that, right, about our country. Um, and Americans definitely do think that about their country. So he is just hitting hot buttons there. Um, he says, recommitting to our allies, and then using power responsibly. Let's see what he says about that. Our military is one tool in our toolbox, along with diplomacy, economic power, education, science, and technology. We must invest in strengthening all elements of our power, and we must modernize our military for the wars of tomorrow while ensuring that we only deploy American troops into harm's way when it is in our vital national security interests. Hmm. But he does not say anything about like pulling out of foreign interventions or anything like that, so... That kind of uh, has me has me wanting more, if you know what I mean. And then he says, we've got to make sure our democracy includes everyone. So now it's going to get into like the rights to vote and all that stuff. Okay, so he's just hitting on all of the hot buttons that liberals love to hear. That's fine. Oh, he even has a picture of a girl that's just fawning over this. I wish you guys can see it, but it's like a blonde-haired lady. And she's handling an American flag. And she's just like, looks like she's just like fawning over how great... Joe Biden is. She's holding up her flag the whole nine yards. Um, it's absolutely funny to look at <laughs> because I hate when people get all, you know, fainting over a, a stinking politician because I'm sure you guys agree with me on this. Politicians are liars, cheaters, and they love to steal, you know, and they love to promise other people stuff 
rather than their own. So anyhow, that's Joe Biden, guys. He is now officially in. I'm sure that his poll numbers are going to go up quite a bit because he's like the guy that's assumed to win. We shall see where it goes, but I appreciate you listening. I really do. Uh, this is Joe Biden, though. I mean, he's he's the ex vice or he's the vice president of the United States under Barack Obama. So I mean, he definitely has a leg up, and he is definitely the person that can possibly beat Donald Trump because if people are looking for the safe choice at this point, they can definitely depend upon Joe Biden. Uh, if he ends up being the nominee, I de- I'm sure that. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking that Donald Trump is going to have a tough time against him. But then again, you never know what's going to happen because Donald Trump, he knows how to get under people's skin. And he knows how to bring out the worst in people. And he definitely knows how to fight. So uh, we'll see where that takes him, man. We really will. But I appreciate you coming out and listening. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and subscribe to the show. And then give me a five-star rating and review. That would really be nice. And also, you can find me on IonTheEmpire.com. IonTheEmpire is my Facebook as well. And then at IonTheEmpire on my Twitter handle. Uh, communicate with me all you want to. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you if you give me a good write-up or anything like that, if you just want me to, you know, if you write something to me and I like what I hear, I will definitely talk about that on the show as well. So I uh, appreciate you, though. I really do. And come on back tomorrow so you can have clear vision for 2020.